This is the Book Legion Podcast, where we review thought-provoking books to give our Legionnaires the knowledge they need to dominate the next level of their life. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on the Book Legion this week. My name is Tizer Evans. This week I'm going to be covering the book Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw. So the first thing I want to do is jump into who Dan Crenshaw is. Dan Crenshaw is from Katy, Texas. That actually happens to be right where I live. Uh, so consequently, I didn't know that when I opened the book. I knew that he you know, lived in Texas, but I did not know he was hometown. It was right here where I live. Uh, so Dan grew up here playing sports, was a really good athlete. I uh, got to travel a little bit because of his dad's work as a child, which gave him some exposure to some other cultures, which he talks about in the books. He talks a lot about some of his athletics and some of the life lessons he learned playing sports at an early age. Dan, and after high school, decided that he really wanted to go into the military. He talks about how he read these military books as a kid, and they had a really big impact on him. So one of the things that he always wanted to do growing up was become a soldier. He ended up joining the Navy, became a Navy SEAL, was deployed uh, on several different types of deployments, ended up getting injured on a deployment, losing his right eye in a battle. And through that process, he had to have a lot of self-discovery. He tried to actually go back in and still be a Navy SEAL with only using his left eye, which also had some serious damage to it too. Um, And this is not what the focal point of the book Fortitude is about, but I think it's important to have context of what type of man we're talking about and why he would write this book. I also did not know this. Dan and I um, only about two weeks apart. So he was born in March 1984. So was I. So there was a lot of parallels as far as similar interests, timeframes, things we went through, graduated high school at the same time. You know, we were both seniors in high school when 9-11 happened. I saw a lot of my friends join the military. A lot of my friends went to Iraq and Afghanistan. And, you know, that was kind of like one of the things he did. He kind of went to college. He joined the military. And people were still at that time very patriotic after 9-11. has since kind of diminished. Whole other uh, topic I don't want to get into. But, um, you know, so for me, it was really cool to see a guy who's accomplished so much in a short amount of time thinking about the parallels of my own life. When he got out of the military, he decided that he figured out that the military was not that going to be possible for him due to what happened to his, his eye. And so he, after a couple of years of trying to figure out exactly what he wanted to do, he decided that he could have a great impact by running for U.S. Congress. So now Dan is a United States uh, representative for the, I think, believe the 2nd District um, of Texas, which is right here outside of Houston. So for those of you from know this area, kind of more in the woodlands and Cypress area, and he, I believe, came in in the class in, in uh, 2018. So now Dan has, has really created a name for himself being in um, a congressman. He's been very outspoken. He's got a great social media presence. And again, this is not a book that's political right, left. I don't talk about political views whatsoever. Obviously, he's a Republican. If you didn't pick up on that, being military from Texas. But what the book is really about and why I wanted to read it, because it's about principles of how to become just a better person. You know, the book is American Resilience in an Era of Outrage. And I am someone who's started to see this outrage cancel culture develop. And I think that we need to go back and look at how we got to where we're at and look at maybe values that we can reinstill in our children to get ourselves out of the slippery slope we're kind of entering to. And that is a personal opinion to belief. I do think we're in a slippery slope that people are just not tolerant 
in the right ways and the wrong ways nowadays, you know. Um, so what a couple, I want to talk about my three favorite chapters and biggest takeaways. So the first chapter I want to talk about is chapter three, which is no plan B. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of no plan B. You know, I've got one of the ships by this great brand I like, uh, Be- uh, Relentless Betrayal, that says burn the boats, right? So this is very much a, a, a Vikings mentality. The Vikings are all about, hey, we're going to sail to this foreign land. And when we get there, we're going to burn the boats so there's no plan. And B. And so what Dan really talks about is that, so what Dan talks about is that the moment failure becomes an option and is embraced, then it is inevitable. And so he has a couple of these things that, you know, I want to quote this, the problem isn't failing. The problem is when you choose to fail and you make it a rational choice. Too many people nowadays, they attempt something once or twice, maybe it's their first online business, maybe they try a side hustle that didn't go their way, maybe they tried a podcast that didn't see immediate results after you know six months, or maybe you got into this new job because we have this mentality that the grass is always greener and didn't go the way you wanted, so then you're already just looking for the next job. You know, one of the favorite things I like to say is the grass is green where you water it. And by having this no plan B type of mentality, it forces you to endure pain, it forces you to experience failure, and it forces you to level up, all of which are important. I think the more that you can turn off that this is my only option, I have to go all in on this thing, then it really allows you to test who you are fundamentally as a human being. And the book is about a set type of principles about really making yourself your own hero of your own journey. So this is a lot of very Joseph Campbell-esque, Jordan Peter esque of how do you start to reconstruct yourself to be someone who can withstand failure, who does not give them a way out the moment they have any type of challenge or resistance. And so chapter six really digs in deep about why it's very important for you not to have plan B's in your life and how you need to go all in on yourself. The moment that you make failure an option, it will become one. The second chapter I want to talk about is chapter seven, which is having a sense of duty. So, you know, he talks about here's having a sense of duty to self-improvement, virtue, and responsibility. And these are kind of core pillars and themes of the book, like you kind of just picked up with the no plan B, right? Self-improvement is a must. You're obviously, if Dan is somebody who was a Navy SEAL, self-improvement is something that is, you know, of the utmost important because it is life or death when you're a Navy SEAL. But also having virtuous types of fundamental principles in your life. You know, having a sense of duty and responsibility to yourself, to your family, to your neighbors, to your community, to the earth as a whole. And so he really touches on this this point that you must have a sense of duty. And a lot of people don't anymore. A lot of people don't have a sense of duty. They have a sense of pointing fingers at other people. So they want to hold everyone else accountable in their life except for themselves. And the moment, and you know, Jocko, obviously he knows Jocko Willing because he was a Navy SEAL at the same time. You know, Jocko wrote a whole book about extreme ownership. And I only covered, you know, Jocko's book, um, Discipline Equals Freedom. But the moment that you start to have a sense of duty and ownership for everything, obstacle, challenges in your life is the moment that you start to empower yourself. What people don't realize when you don't have a sense of duty and you're constantly pointing the finger at everyone else, you strip yourself of your own power because you're relinquishing your power to other people. So working on your self-improvement helps your self-development, your self-improvement helps your confidence, right? The more confidence you have, the more that you can endure challenges, the more you can endure obstacles, the more you can endure setbacks, what might be deemed as failures. So I really liked uh, this sense of duty. I'm going to read you guys a quick a quote here on chapter, I'm excuse on this chapter on page 66. 
Instead of believing in our, in our duty to overcome adversity, the outraged postmodernist wants you to embrace victimhood. In this new world, it is of higher virtue to be oppressed than to be self-reliant. The modern outraged culturalists want you to speak truth to power with an angry fist, as opposed to seeking out truth for the sake of truth itself. This results in a lot of incoherent yelling and screaming, but not very much thinking. And what Dan wants to do is to think critically. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to have feelings around problems, but we want to think logically as opposed to purely just going off of instinct and making irrational decisions that don't actually help to either end the problem or think clearly through the problem. What we're always doing is perpetuating the problem as opposed to focusing on the solutions. That's an invariant uh, problem we've seen just in the last election cycle. Everybody's focused on the problems, no one focused on the solutions. And the last chapter I want to cover is chapter eight, which is do something hard. And this is to me, uh, something I learned from Goggins that I've implemented in my life from Andy Frisella. Do, I've done 75 hard twice. It's the reason why I wake up every day at 435. I work out six, seven days a week. Um, not to get big muscles, right? It's just because I don't fucking like it. I don't like waking up early. I don't like pushing myself in the weight room. Um, you know, I, I obviously will get my groove. I don't like even reading every day, right? It's a pain in the ass. It's something I have to juggle around my schedule. So he talks about you have to do stuff hard. And when you do stuff hard, a life unchallenged is a hardship that is a missed opportunity. And we should there always seek to do something hard. And I totally agree. The more that you can embrace challenges, setbacks, failures, however you want to look at them, obstacles, the more that you can do that stuff, own it, walk into your fear, the more you start to level up, right? The more you start to push that thermostat. You know, great example for me. I just just left my last job. I was making a lot of money. It was a great situation. Worked 30, 35 hours a week, uh, you know. It doesn't matter how much I was making, but a a lot more than the the average person makes in the United States, you know, and, um, and I left all that behind to take a new job. I knew nothing about completely unsure of my future because I thought it would get me to the next level, but I knew that it would be hard psychologically, emotionally, mentally, even physically to some extent, it was going to be hard. And so as opposed to just saying, you know what, it's going to be too hard. I don't want to do it. I'm in a good spot. I'm just going to lay low. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to do this for the next 10 years. I said, no, man, the only way that I can ever level up and be a good role model to my boys, to my wife, to myself, to those around me, my friends, is by embracing my fear, walking into a great opportunity, burning the boats, having no plan B, burning the bridges, and going all fucking in on myself. And I know by doing that, it'll get me to the next level. As far as, if anything, maybe not monetarily, but at least as far as self-development in knowing mentally what I can overcome by embracing the hard. And I think this is something that people completely steer away from because society has been made so easy that you don't have to embrace doing things hard to live a pretty decent life. And so I'm all about seek challenges, seek obstacles, go at them, have no plan B, embrace it with a sense of duty and responsibility. And on the other side of that, you will find freedom. If any, if, if, if you won't, if, if anything, you'll find freedom just in your mind and you'll have a tremendous amount of self-confidence. So the book, again, the book is not a political book, although Dan is a representative for the United States Congress. The book is about how to live a better life and how to do it with integrity, a sense of purpose, a sense of responsibility. And the biggest thing is have a true sense of ownership 
for your actions, your words, your intentions, and your deeds. And that is something that's deeply missing in society today. So I highly recommend the book. It's one of the best books I, I, I've read maybe ever. Um, I'll post the link in the show notes. You guys can purchase the book. It's about 15, 20 bucks. Um, Dan's, you know, 37. He, he's going to be around a long time. I would not be surprised if he runs for president. So mark this 2021. If I see him run 2024, 2028, I would not be surprised. I think that he would do a great job leading the country uh, because he's one of those guys. He's very socially liberal, fiscally conservative. He's got good morals, principles, sound dude. Um, you don't have to like him, but you have to respect him, in my opinion. So anyway, check out the book. Um, if you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. And again, this is by no means, I don't talk about, I'm not affiliated with one party or the other. I'm not a registered Democrat or Republican. So just want to note that on the video uh, in case of those of you are like, he's from Texas, he's, he's got tattoos and he's uh, talking about Dan Crenshaw. It's not the case. But uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, thanks so much. And I look forward to the next time that I release podcast. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.